0: Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be It Works How and Why Study and Commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and in context of the material within our book, It Works How and Why. All right, folks, this is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there are going to be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text toward reaching those seeking a resource like this. We know if one person benefits from our efforts, we collectively believe, even including us, then our participation was well worth the effort. We're gonna start off with our introductions and then we're gonna jump into the text. Get a pen, a highlighter, and get ready to go. Enjoy. All right, Welcome back, everyone. This is episode seven for the It Works, How and Why Study for the Anonymous podcast. We're going to begin on page 26 at the top with step three. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Jennifer W., what's happening?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I live in Sacramento, California, and my home group is The Journey Within.
0: Thanks, Jen. Sorry, I caught you mid-bite and peanut butter and chocolate chips. Sorry oh. about that. <laughs> Lisa H., what's up?
2: Hey, I'm Lisa. I'm an addict. My February, <laughs> oh my God, I'm all a mess. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. Still, thank God. Uh, my home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, and I attend meetings in the uh, central Western Pennsylvania area.
0: All right, keep coming back, Lisa. We got you. <laughs> what's up, Christine?
3: Hey, everybody. Uh, Christine O, I'm an addict. My clean date is three thirty-one ninety-four, 94 So it's coming up at the end of the week. And I attend meetings in the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area in Virginia.
0: Ooh, get close. All right, cool. What's up, Lee?
4: Hey, everybody. Lee P. Uh, clean, my clean date is August 27th of eighty-seven. I live in New Orleans. My home group is the hybrid
5: meeting of Open Mind.
0: Thanks, Lee. What's up, Andrew?
5: Hey, y'all. Andrew G. here. My clean date is May sixteenth, two 2008, uh, and my home group is no matter what in uh, North Atlanta area.
4: Thanks, Andrew. What's up, Donna?
6: Hey, everybody. It's Donna out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is 11 my home group is Solutions for Living, 6 p.m. on Sunday. Come see us. Thanks, Donna. So, Barb? Hey, Douglas. I'm Barb
7: in the panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95, and my home group is Open Mind.
8: All right. Thanks, Barb.
0: Paul, what's happening?
8: Hey, Doug. Um, Paul M. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is January 6, 1995. I attend meetings also in New Orleans, and my home group is Open Mind.
0: Thanks, Paul. And I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. Got clean March 12, 2000. Southwestern PA. I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, here we go. Episode seven. It works. How and why study for the anonymous podcast. Page 26, starting at the beginning with step three. Lisa, would you be willing to start us off with the first two?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. The surrender we experience in step one, coupled with the hope and belief we find in step two, make us ready and willing to continue on the path towards freedom in Narcotics Anonymous. In step three, we put our belief in a higher power into action, making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of the God of our understanding. Essential to working the third step is our willingness to allow the God of our understanding to work in our lives. We develop this willingness over time. The willingness we experience in our early recovery is valuable, even though we may be willing only to a certain degree. Although this may feel like unconditional willingness, many of us have discovered that our willingness grew as we learned to trust a power greater than ourselves. Um, so this is really rad because um, I was just listening earlier today to um, a spad that I think, Paul, you had shared on the idea of willingness. And even if I don't have willingness, am I willing to become willing? right? Am I willing to keep putting one foot in front of the other until maybe I see some results that further instill willingness in me? Um, I think for me, part of the process of making the decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher powers, I understand it, is, um, you know, the surrender that this passage talks about, because my best thinking got me here, right my best thinking got me using when i'm left to my own devices you know like when i first got clean i remember people saying like have a seat kid you earned it and um you know i always think about whenever i hear somebody say that i think about you know when i was in active addiction my grandparents bought me a funeral plot next to theirs like they're planners right they've planned all of their stuff like so that when it's their time they're ready to go They bought me a funeral plot right next to theirs in a cemetery in in Erie, Pennsylvania, because they didn't know if I was going to make it out alive. Um, You know, at that time, I was like stealing prescription medication from my grandmother's mother, my great grandmother, um, who was dying of cancer in hospice. And, you know, I went to my great grandmother's funeral high on her own pain medication. Um, The only thing I earned in active addiction was a hole in the ground, you know, and I think for me, like looking at the idea of earning my seat in narcotics anonymous seems ridiculous to me even now, because I, I still fully believe that the only reason I'm here is because a power greater than myself led me here. Um, I, I don't, I can't rationalize it in any other way for myself personally. Um, you know, one, two, and three have been a spiritual experience for me because of that idea. Like I make a lot of poor choices on self-will, but when I'm able to say like, I can't handle this on my own. There is something bigger than me. I'm not God. I'm not in charge. And I need to make it work uh, or let it work rather. Um, you know, that's where I find a little bit of that freedom. And it says like many of us discovered that our willingness grew as we learned to trust. Um, the more I trusted the program, the more I trusted the women that were around me when I first got clean, the more I trusted the steps, the deeper that surrender to the the care of a higher power really gets for me, even still. Um, Cause I can take that will back on any given day, right? Step three is very conditional for me <laughs> on certain days. Um, but also like I've learned that a lot of my problems can stop with step three. A lot of my worries and a lot of like the things that I get worked up about today can stop with my third step, that, that decision to just turn it over and say, Hey, you know what? God's got it today. I don't have to worry about this today. My higher power has it handled. Um, so with that, I will pass.
0: Thanks for those comments, Lisa. Anybody else? Christine, what's happening?
9: Hey there. When it comes to talking about willingness, it was in the very
3: beginning of step three that I, it was drilled into me. Willingness without action is nothing. Willingness without action is worthless. So generally, I would start the action. And then the willingness would follow. After I started to see the benefits, I became more willing and would continue a process. Um, When I worked my first step three, I had like, pretty much zero understanding of a power greater than myself outside of the group of Narcotics Anonymous outside of my friends and my direct support group. So they were my higher power. And it was, I trusted the program. So for people who are listening and you're new and you're on your third step, like I did not have to have a belief in, I didn't have to have a spiritual belief to make a step three and to complete step three. My understanding, my higher power has changed through the years, um, but in the beginning, it was just totally the group. And uh, I was was willing to do whatever you guys told me. I mean, if they would have told me to stand in a corner, I'd have done it, you know? I mean, I took the suggestion to shut my legs and quit fucking and spend a lonely night lonely. I was abstinent from sex for my first three years of recovery. Um, So I totally surrendered to the belief that the people that I saw around me were doing these things because it was, you want what I got, you do what I did. So I did what they did and I didn't pick and choose. Um, And that was, That was the first real decision that I made after calling my mom and telling her if she didn't help me, I'd be dead in three days. So, um, yeah, that's all I got on that.
0: Thanks for those comments, Christine. Lee, would you be willing to, to read the next two paragraphs, please?
4: Yeah, thanks, Doug. The decision we make in step three requires that we move away from our self-will. Self-will is composed of such characteristics as close-mindedness, unwillingness, self-centeredness, and outright defiance. Our self-centered obsession and its accompanying insanity have made our lives unmanageable. Acting on self-will has kept us trapped in a continuous cycle of fear and pain. We wore ourselves out in fruitless attempts to control everyone and everything. We couldn't just allow events to happen. We were always on the lookout for ways we could force things to go as we wanted. When we first look at making the decision called for in this step, we're likely to have questions, uncertainty, and even fear about what we're being asked to do. We might wonder why we need to make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God the God of our understanding. Or we may wonder what will happen to us if we place ourselves in God's care. We may fear that we won't be happy with what our lives will be like after working this step. And amazingly, I have that last sentence like super highlighted. Um, Or we may wonder what will happen to us if we place ourselves in God's care. like what was just said, and I I want to echo it. By the time this book came out, I had barely begun uh, having my own relationship uh, with a higher power. Prior, Prior to this book, my relationship was my belief in my sponsor's relationship with the God of his understanding. Um, my if you, if you're new and you don't believe, that's fine. You do not have to believe. Um, I was led to believe because he he told me that all I had to do was just believe that he believed, and and that made my fight with God and Catholicism and all my baggage and brokenness um, simple to ease into it. And by the time this book came out, I realized that I wasn't worried about a fourth step or, or any of the, the other steps that were coming. I was worried about what would happen once I did place myself into my higher power scare. <laughs> you're waving at even not at me, my bad. I just looked up at the screen. Um, I was more worried about what would I become? How would that change me? Um, what I become of? They used to use a word back then, which identity was so caught up in closed-mindedness, unwillingness, the core of our disease, self-centeredness, and, and, and a lot of times just plain outright defiance. And every time uh, I went through one of those four, and I was talking to one of my guys this morning about it. I ended up, I ended up scraping my knees or crashing my head. Uh, the first five or six years of my recovery, I was not able to change through inspiration. Unfortunately, I always, uh, I needed desperation yet again uh, to change. So I'm, I'm going to pass with that. Doug, thanks.
0: Thanks for this comments, Slee. The first paragraph that you read, really like, <clears throat> like how like it's a two-hit combo right there. It's like, okay, look, look, what is self-will? And then I can at any time, any time of the day, you know, I can kind of examine like, hey, am I running on any of these four? Like what where are these four at in appearing in my life? And then right after that, it says like, hey, look, here, here's what happens. Like if I if I'm if I'm in closed mindedness, unwillingness, self-centered, outright defiance, which is a big one for me here's what i get to have this cycle of fear and pain like that's when laying it out like this it's like oh i i can see i don't want this in my life i don't i don't later on we're going to talk about like what characteristics are replaced you know as working the third step in our life but i think that's a really cool it's just like the step 1 insanity step 2 sanity step 3 all right man how are we going to start making the bridge you know that, that 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 we saw so it's really cool All right, donna what's up
6: Hey, everyone. Um, I, I was, I've was i got this whole thing underlighted, highlighted, several different colors, did a lot of step studies using this book. And, um, you know, uh, when they talked about self-will run riot, I'm like the poster child, right? I had no idea how to surrender. I had no idea how to let somebody guide me. I was, I was oppositional defiant. I still am sometimes, you know, and, um, and I just, you know, surrender, 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 surrender. It just seemed like I was being asked over and over and over again to let go of what had worked for me, you know, uh, or didn't as it was, but it was what I knew. Right. And, um, you know, as far as just like allowing events to happen, I. I remember people telling me that there were things I couldn't control. There were things that weren't about me. There were things that I just, I could let go of and just trust that it was going to be okay. By the time I was working my third step, I was nowhere near having a relationship with that power greater than myself. But I was, as you guys have mentioned earlier, I was willing to become willing. I was willing to accept the idea that you know, that my life could be better without drugs, that's sanity, right? And that I had to continually surrender to allow this process to work. And um uh and that continues to be true in my life today. I'm so much better at I can even let things fail. I don't have to rescue. Everything and everybody, not every problem is mine to fix. That's what I came in with. That was my responsibility in the world was to fix everything. And um, and so I, I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought that's what I was responsible for. I will say that this uh, this wearing ourselves out and these fruitless attempts to control everything really didn't change a lot for me until I got to the 11th and 12th step you know, really like practicing some meditation, practicing some prayer, practicing some mindfulness, really getting into service, really becoming of service, really having this self-obsession. The only thing that can relieve it at that time was service to others, right? I got busy getting busy. And um, and part of my story is that uh, um, I couldn't figure out like what higher power I was supposed to be turning things over to. right? And like, what if I picked the wrong higher power? like what would that mean? You know, what ha- would happen then, right? I just like was stuck in this m- m- cycle of insanity. And um, And then finally, I had an epiphany that was like, I just needed to have some faith. I just needed to keep moving forward. I couldn't get stuck here. I had to surrender and keep moving forward and trust that I was going to get caught. And I was caught. I was caught by the fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. The men and the women of this fellowship surrounded me and held me up. When I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't have any idea who God is. I still don't have a sponsor. You know, all I have is you guys, my home group, right? And they just told me that they had me. That they cared about me to keep coming back to not use between meetings, you know, even though I wanted to use all the time still, you know, and um, uh, it's a lot easier today to turn my will in my life over the care of, of a God of my understanding or misunderstanding or whatever it is, you know, if I have it all wrong, I figure God knows the kids are all right. You know, I mean, like we're just all stumbling along doing the best we can right. So um. Uh, I just would encourage people if you're still if you're struggling with this, definition isn't as important as having some faith and moving forward. Thanks.
0: Thanks for those comments, Donna. What's
6: up, Jennifer?
1: Thanks, Douglas. Um, I feel like these two paragraphs really described at least me and earlier recovery, but there's this one sentence. At the bottom of page 26 it says we wore ourselves out in fruitless attempts to control everyone and everything and Donna was just talking about it and you know I walked in here. That's all I knew how to do was rely on myself and clearly it, it got me here, um, but I didn't know anything else And and I had a real big problem with outright defiance you know that was my mo and you know rebellious teenager whatever you want to call it it was just like everybody that was important or was in some kind of authority had hurt me in some way or another and I wasn't about that and so you know because of my defiance I was you know I was closed-minded unwilling and completely self-centered because I was running on my will and, and had zero I had zero faith knew that I needed to get clean, and I knew that it was working for other people, but I had zero faith in myself that I had the ability to do any of the stuff that they talked about, and, um, you know, when it says we might wonder why we need to make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of a God of our understanding, like, I had to, like, I had to, like, burn out a few different times in early recovery to really figure this out, that it wasn't him that was going to keep me clean, and it wasn't you know the job and it wasn't all the things that I thought, you know, I caught here and I thought, well, if I just get my shit together, and in my head that meant get a job, move out, like stop, you know, don't live with my parents so they don't have to tell me what to do anymore. Like I don't need a higher power, right? Like I I got this, you know, and, and that's often one of my least favorite terms that we I hear people say is like you got this. It's like I don't have shit, right? Like I have the fellowship, I have a higher power, but like every time I think I got it, I get it wrong, you know. Um, when I'm running in self-will. And so, you know, why I needed to make a decision to turn the will of my life over the care of God and my understanding is because I was gonna get loaded. I was gonna get loaded or I was gonna kill myself. And that's kind of where I came where so when I started working steps, was those had become my two options in life. Um, and I'm I'm too scared to kill myself, be perfectly. I thought too low of myself to think that anybody would care if I, but then I thought too highly of myself. You know, it was this very strange you know phenomenon that I had running around. and 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 the, the the care of a God of my understanding became kind of what everybody else was doing for a minute until I had time to figure it out. and 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 i it took me a while to figure that out to the place where I, I was like, well, okay, there is something bigger than me, you know? Um, and And it's not me. I think it's probably where i, I where I came to. And 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 at the end of that, you know, we fear we won't be happy. Um, I don't know if I knew what being happy was. I just didn't want to be crazy, you know, and that's really where I had been brought to um, when I got to this step was on the brink of insanity, you know, and so I needed to trust that there was something else for me that was better for me. Um, that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks for those comments, Jennifer.
1: What's up, Barb? Hey,
7: Douglas, or my hand, Um, that I I was, I could relate to Jen and um, Donna a lot, but uh, but where it says, um, we wondered what our life would be like if we turn it over to God's care. That always, when I look back now, that amazes me, (laughs) I even my life was a, a train wreck, you know, but I can't give it to this thing, you know, it couldn't make it any worse than what it already was. But, um, and I could, when Donna was talking, outright defiance, that was me for the first few years of recovery. I mean, I had a strong patient sponsor and she's dead now. She went back out at 17 years. She picked up and went back out, came back and asked me to be her sponsor. They say, be nice to your sponsees. They might, you know, they might be your sponsor someday. And that's what happened with her. But um, that woman was the same you know, because she was, she was a strong woman and, and I was always defiant. She would call me on stuff and she would, she would love me enough to call me on stuff. And then I would be pissed, you know, and, um, that lasted for a few years and, and I paid the price for it. You know, I paid the price. So, and, and I like this, um, you know, and the control shit—it's just been here recently that I've really—I mean, I've had glimpses of, of, of you know that, but for me, control, surrender—I have to do that probably hourly every day, you know, because I—I I jump right back in the driver's seat. And the control stuff—I know I turned it over, but I've just, um, in the last couple of years, started going to a sister fellowship for my control stuff, ruining my relationship with my son, and it was all about control, you know. And it's helped me so much relinquish that. And the surrender, my my relationship with surrender um, has been like my relationship with my higher power. I tested it. I researched it. I watched it. I did it. I didn't do it, you know. And, um, and until I got an unshakable faith that that there really is strength in surrender and surrender to win, all that stuff they say is really true, you know, and that there's peace. And, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or... Um, longer in recovery but today i just want peace and and at any cost i'm gonna have peace you know and and what i found you know today i can allow events to happen you know because i get such a peace you know when i went to this other fellowship and gave up my son realized the same hp that has me has him and gave him up and i can just get out of it you know they just gave me permission to say oh don't none of my business you know I get such peace, you know, such freedom. So why wouldn't I? Um, So my relationship with with surrender today is you might have to remind me, but if you remind me, it's like, okay, I know how to do it and I'm going to do it. I'm not defiant at all. And um, let's see, I think that's it. Yep, that's it. Thanks.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks for those comments, Barb. Paul, I'm going to ask you to read the next thing. I can hear you saying it's the care of. It's the care, it's not the judgment of, it's not the ridicule of, and these, these next two, they're tiny, but they're mighty. So can you take care of that, Paul?
8: I will. Uh, when we trust that there is growth in taking action, despite our fear or uncertainty, we are able to work step three. Even though we do not know how our lives will change as we work this step, we can learn to trust that our higher power will care for us better than we could. Third step is our commitment to our own emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. What began in the second step as a belief in a higher power can become a fuller relationship with the God of our understanding in step three. The decision that we make by working this step and the relationship that results will revolutionize our existence. Revolutionize our existence. Um, I think that the that care of is is revolutionary for me my the hardest thing that i i have to learn in narcotics anonymous is to receive love right i can give love you ask me to be there for you i'm there for you but if you want to be there for me oh wait 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 hold on hold on i don't know if it's the fear of the responsibility i don't know i i've come to believe that it has to do that it doesn't line up with the paradigm that i have in my head which is unlovable unworthy so when that starts to come towards me i discount i obfuscate i do all kinds of things to you know like (laughs) deflect it and so this step the good news here if you're listening is the good news here is none of this is a light switch this is all spiritual principles are on dimmers. And so, you know, it it, it is for me, it's a slow turning on over time and, and staying clean and working steps. I completed today my 12th tradition of working 12 steps and 12 traditions, right? Now look, that's not a fast process for me. I didn't run through that in twelve months. I started in two thousand sixteen, so I'm a slow motherfucker. So, but you know what? The completion has happened, and what's the what's the next move? Discussed with my sponsor today about doing concepts. Uh, some bootleg pages he's given me. I don't know what the I don't want to fuck. What the fuck that is? Uh. <laughs> You know, something, I don't know, somebody's passing around in some back alley that we're going to be working concepts out of. But it doesn't matter. It's staying in the process because I want the dimmer switch to keep moving. I want to be able to receive the love from this fellowship, from other human beings, from myself and from my higher power. And it's not that I have to be in charge of what's giving me the love. I don't have to have a name for it. I don't have to have a certain ritual to honor it. What I'm in charge of is being prepared to receive. Opening the closed-mindedness that I have, and more importantly, opening the heart that I have to receive that love. To know that I am worth being cared for. And every single person on this screen and listening to this podcast is worth being cared for. Doesn't feel like it sometimes. Doesn't, well, yeah, but if you knew exactly what I had done, that bullshit stuff that we talk about in our heads, everybody is worth being cared for. Whatever is doing the caring. It's not the who's doing the caring. It's am I worth being cared for? That's the bugaboo for me. Not who's doing it. Not what's doing it. I fight that part. And if I don't let that go, this is all for naught. It doesn't matter how many notebooks I fill up. If I don't go, okay, I am worth it. I am lovable. I am careable. <laughs> so thanks.
0: All right. Thanks for those comments, Paul. I was thinking too like with if we start to unpack that the first part of the the step three, our will and our lives, you know, that's my thoughts and my actions. If I'm turning my thoughts and my actions over the 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 first paragraph that you read really sums it up. It's like, hey, look, I don't know. So change is going to happen. OK, for sure. And I don't know how it's I don't know what change is going to happen, but it's going to be better than what than what I can do. And that's really exciting. And then also like the commitment to our emotional, physical and spiritual well-being, like as I was pregame and, you know, I have that highlighted underlined and stars next to it. It's like, man, I'm, like I really get a lot of hope out of saying like this is an active commitment, like I'm, I'm growing emotionally and spiritually and physically. It's like this is this is my this is kind of like that care, that self-care. And and, and it's almost like the exact opposite of what self-will is. Like self-will is not self-care. And self-care is almost like the opposite of self-will. It's really cool. And if I'm going to kick it to you, but Lee, I got to call you out on something just real quick. If you're working concepts with Paul on some bootleg stuff, you gave me a little, you spanked me a little bit when I said, Hey man, we're going to start recording these spat episodes before, uh, before it was approved. And so we, we, that shit got put on hold. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We,
4: we, we're not going to record the concepts,
5: though. Oh, all right. All right.
0: I'm editing that shit out too. That little, re- that rebuttal right there is not, not making it. Eva, what's happening?
5: <laughs> Eva, you're
9: muted. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Eva Peter. here. Forgot to hit the tr- the mute button. <laughs> awesome. It's kind of day I'm having. So two things. Um uh, when we trust, I have trust like starred and highlighted, and um because that's where it gets hard for me. Um trust that there is growth and taking action despite our fear and uncertainty. We are able to work step three, and that's where it's hard for me, right? So um, but that's where the growth is is interesting, and um, and and in step three, that's where I really learn um, how to trust and um, where I get the most growth. But when you were talking about that last line, the third step is our commitment to our own emotional, physical, spiritual well being. I have a little side note on um, my page, and it says it's my daily reprieve. That's what that is for me. Um when I do my third step. Um and my I just right outside of commitment, I said it's my daily reprieve. If I do that emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being, that's my daily reprieve from um self-will. And um I was talking to a sponsee today who is uh on a step three and has uh fear of uh turning her will and her life over to anything. Um, other than herself. <laughs> and, um, you know, and uh, I told her today that it's not the thing, that if we get caught up in the thing, that we'll forget that it's about um, the action. And um, and it talks about it right here, and um, I think um, it's the taking action part for me that turned my life um, turned my life over from negative to positive. And I remember, I I remember that feeling of hope coming over me, like not in like one like spiritual awakening moment, but noticing the change in my life of not wanting to die, of not wanting to harm myself physically, because I don't know if there's anybody else out there like me, who's a cutter or a physical harmer, or uh, when I can't, um, um, when I'm not right and um, things build up, I have a tendency to um, isolate and then um, the isolation becomes too much and then I want to, uh, to kill myself. So um, my mental health gets me to that dark place And the first thing that happens is that I start to self-harm. So I can remember um, in step three learning that I can surrender those things to something um, greater than myself. Um, Actually, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like I could picture myself giving them to uh power greater than myself um could take the power out of it just enough even a minute at a time an hour at a time a day at a time and um and you know even you know maybe five minutes not cut myself five minutes not um five minutes come out of my room or go to a meeting or uh go for a walk, come, out, come outside, talk to somebody, call somebody, um, those things. That's where step three, for me, that's why I say that in that last line there, it's a daily reprieve for me. Um, and this step really is a revo- It revolutionized my existence. So, um, so if there's anybody out there like me, um, it's all about that first line, when we trust that there's growth, um, and taking action despite our fear and uncertainty it really can change your life if you can just take take a minute and just trust and um, that there's hope on the other side of fear that's all I got thanks
0: thanks for your comments and your transparency Eva what's
4: up Lee yeah thanks Doug I wanted to unpack a little bit more about what Paul read um I don't know how many times I had been through what we called step writing probably five times. Uh, And it was all bootleg questions back then. Um, And then after I trusted what, what my sponsor believed, I started trying to, to execute and, and do a third step, you know, try to pray it a third step in the morning as a, as a practice, try to incorporate it into my meditation and then try to uh, live it in my day-to-day into my actions. And then I didn't recognize it then during that period, six years, five years, I don't know how many years it was, but my existence did start to revolutionize. I became, uh, if you go up to the prior paragraph, where is it? I started becoming better emotionally in my career, in my, in my marriage, which didn't last very long, but I became better physically and I became a spiritual, I started becoming a spiritual being n- not aware of it though. I was, I was so busy doing, I wasn't, I was like clueless, but I was so busy doing and I, and I heard someone down on somebody saying earlier, the giving back, giving back. I was all about giving back, giving back. And I started, I started like having to work in different areas. So I was experiencing our fellowship in in places where I I would have to like get right in, I would go to a new city and do all this work for my for my for my job. And I would have to get right in the middle of the fellowship, almost like a newcomer. And it's that buoyancy kept me, it held me up. And then I saw the results of the third step. I could literally feel and see. The results of practicing the third step and I still had a sketchy belief in the god of my understanding and my self-awareness wasn't that high back then it was not and so if you're listening and you're trying to do these things that that we're talking about and you're trying to engage in these step in the step work and you're trying to be of service to, to others in your home group or wherever. HNI or, or wherever, it's going to take a hold it, and it may take a long time and it may take a short time. Um, you know, it says somewhere else in our literature is based on our rate of recovery and the degree of our sickness. And I am completely aware that I was extremely sick and extremely broken when I came to Narcotics Anonymous. And, and my gratitude, Douglas, and this is something you and I will always agree upon is that I can't pay that debt off. And and when I recognize that it revolutionized, listen to that word. I mean, I I wish the the participants listening could see my arm. I have goosebumps for what this program did. It revolutionized my existence, even back then. And and to today, it's it's still doing it. So that's way past
0: my three minutes. Thank you. Thanks for those comments, Lee. Andrew, would you be willing to read the next two paragraphs and comment?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This decision is easier to make than to live by. We can easily lapse into old behavior. It takes determination, time, and courage to change. Because we're not perfect, we simply continue to reaffirm our decision on a regular basis and then do the very best we can to live by it complete and unconditional surrender of our will in our lives is an ideal we strive to fulfill. Although we don't become perfect, we do make a profound change by working this step. We are making a serious effort to live differently than we have in the past. From now on, we are going to be practicing this decision, and the way we relate to the world around us can change radically as a result. In working step three, we begin to learn how to stop struggling. We learn to let go and trust the God of our understanding. If we take time to think and seek direction before acting, we no longer have to run on our own self centered will. Turning our will and our lives over to the care of our higher power provides a solution to the problems created by a life based in self will, resentment, and control. Wow. <laughs> um, damn, that's huge. Uh, you know, the decision is easier to make than to live by. You know, I, um, I am somebody that even with a little bit of time under my belt still has trouble connecting with change being incremental. You know, um, I like really big, fast change. Like, i you know, when I make the step three decision, I want everything different. I want to be a different person. Today, Andrew is going to be somebody else. And um, and I'm always still me, right? Like every time I make this decision, I still show up as Andrew, you know. Um, my dad always used to say this shit to me and earlier car used to drive me nuts. He would say a tincture of time and patience, you know. Um, and I really did not like that when I first got clean. Um, but like there is no substitute for doing this over and over and over again, um, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute by minute basis, you know? Um, uh, And I love that, like, it says, like, we don't become perfect, right? And like, that's kind of, I think the season of my life that I'm in right now is really recognizing with, like, trying to connect with, like, the idea of, you know, Well, I'm not living in step three. I'm not doing step three because I still act out in these ways and I still do this shit and I have this character defects. And so like, I'm just half-assing it. You know, I could be better in recovery. I could do this. Um, I ignore all of the good things that I'm doing and all the ways that I am turning it over and all the ways that I have faith that HP has got my back. And I kind of like, I downplay my own willingness, you know, my own spirituality when I do that shit. Um, So I'm really trying to connect with that right now. Uh, We learn how to stop struggling, trust the God of our understanding. If we take time to think and seek direction before acting, we no longer have to run on our own self-centered will. I once heard it described. this uh, speaker in the other fellowship called it ready, fire, aim. And I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that of like, you know, if I can just like pause for a second, um, usually I can experience some sort of better judgment than my own, you know, especially if I take a moment to uh, to seek that judgment. Um, And I think for me, like that's where meditation comes in. Meditating and praying in the morning has become a huge thing because like I can't just cultivate that. Right. Like I don't just wake up and say, like, I'm going to be a more patient person today. Got it. You know um, I have to, to pray and meditate. And then I find myself in these situations where I can like pause just for a second, just before you do it, you know? Um, And then I have like off ramps, you know, all of a sudden I have a bunch of decisions that I can make. So that's enough for me. Thanks.
0: Well, Andrew, thanks for those comments, man. I'll, I- I was told too, uh, with that ready fire aim thing too. I've been told a few times that I'm often wrong, but I'm seldom in doubt. and I <laughs> and I had to grab onto that too because it's super true and and uh, look, I want to make a comment here and then I'm gonna kick it over to you, Jennifer uh that the uh, the last sentence of the first paragraph you w- you read about relating to the world I put put marks around world because like if world can encompass the four main and I always thought it was like three main relationships that I have until. Until Damien down in New Orleans really spoke to me about that, you know, and there's a fourth one. But look, I can change, I I can experience a radical change, my relationship to self, to God, to the people in my life, but in my relationship to N.A. And that's what he really showed me, man. Like that's a fourth relationship that makes up kind of like my world of relationships. And it's really cool, man. Like when I I don't have to fix, manage, control, manipulate and, and all this stuff, like I have something going on. You know, in my life now, it's kind of like this reoccurring thing the last few few years. And it, it it like spikes up and dies down, spikes up and dies down. But you know what? Where, where I'm at, I'm in, I'm in the peace of saying, I have a loving God. It's already okay. You know, go about my business. Who can I help? How can I be a service? You know, and try to stay in the moment. And it's really cool, man. Third step. And Eve, I love that. I wrote that in my book as soon as you said it. I wrote, this is my daily reprieve. That's so cool. It's really applicable, you know. So I wanna kick it over. Jennifer, what's happening?
1: I am. Um, I was always struck when I was new um, with like making a decision and then the decision re- requires action. That's what this step for me means, right? Like I have to make this decision and then I have to do something about it, right? So I found an old piece of literature that I had that when I was working my first set of steps where I wrote decision is to cut myself off or cut yourself off from any other option. So it means I have to be clear on the decision that I'm making and the option can't be me. Cause if it's me, then we're back at square one. Right. And then, and then the, the decision is always followed by action. I'm, and it took me a long time to get that. And I go back to that. We wore ourselves out with fruitless attempts, right? Like that was me giving my will, taking it back. You know what I mean? Like it was this game constantly where I would think I was in my higher powers will, but really I just had my hand in everything and it looked pretty and it looked like things were going well, but I was exhausted, you know, um, and, and I'll say this and, and, you know, uh, they talk about in, and the other fellowship about being the actor, right. Um, and that the actor has all these parts that they have to play. And that's kind of where I was at when I got to the third step, was I thought I had to do all of these things to uh, make everything be okay. And and what I found was, and this is, you know, and I've talked about this before, and um, uh, and it's kind of was a really pivotal point. in my third step was I was stuck in this idea that I had this one higher power and it couldn't be anything else. And it couldn't be what I wanted. It was what I ha- what I knew. Um, and that was really dangerous for me. It was, it, it was, you know, a, a place where I was judged and the shame and the and the pain of the decisions that I made when I was using did not align with the higher power that I had. And so I had to switch that up, but I didn't know how. And um, my sponsor at the time said to me, like, you get to, to be whatever you want. And I couldn't even articulate, I, I couldn't figure it out. And she's like, okay, this is what we're going to do she had me write on half a piece of paper what I thought my higher power was and on the other half she had me write what I wanted it to be and it was like simple characteristics loving kind you know no judgment no shame like really basic stuff that I needed to survive I needed in order to survive in narcotics anonymous I needed to figure out how to get rid of that stuff and she was like and it literally blew my mind it was like this moment where you know I always talk about I want a burning bush or I want you to part the sea or whatever like this was my moment, but it really wasn't anything significant. It was just the idea that I tore the piece of paper in half. We were in her bedroom and she had a fireplace in her bedroom. And she said, crinkle the bad stuff up and throw it in the fireplace. We're done. And it was that simple. And the light bulb pink went on. And she said, carry this piece around with you, this piece of paper that says all the things that you need your higher power to be. And the action on your part is to walk through your day as if, that's what it is. And over time, that's how I learned it. And it was literally the biggest um, like wow moment I had in early recovery that kind of got me on that path where I was able to process and get through the next set of steps or the fourth step and the fifth step, you know what I mean? Like the relationship to all of that correlated where all of a sudden I wasn't the worst human being in the world. And I had a God that loved me and it didn't have to be Anything that anybody else wanted me to have, it got to be mine. And for the first time in a long time, I got to own something that was mine and I wasn't giving it away or it wasn't somebody else's, it was mine and it really was powerful. And so that action piece for me continues to be, even when I'm not feeling great about myself to remember all those things on that list, you know that's who that's who I choose my higher power to be and it doesn't have to change and it doesn't matter what yours is and mine doesn't matter to you whatever works for you Um, you know and uh, and I'm really grateful for that so I'm gonna pass thanks
0: hey Jen thank you for those comments I've heard you speak on that you know um, many times and and each time I'm just amazed by the fact of isn't isn't that the the it's like the very clearest example of old ideas that, that don't work for us anymore and, and, and new ideas that that do, you know, it's just a beautiful way to to think about that, man. And I, yeah, that's really nice for for, for many seasons in recovery, man, I just grabbed onto a God that was, you know, at any moment, you know, discipline, punishment, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like is just waiting right there. I, I could have thrown it in a fire a long time ago, you know, so I, I really, I really appreciate you sharing that. What's up, Lisa?
2: Hey, I relate a lot to what Jen is sharing also in the idea of like, um, I I felt, I think this step was difficult for me in the beginning because I felt that saying yes to the concept of God that I understood growing up meant saying no to everything else, right? It meant saying no to smoking cigarettes and saying fuck and having fun and, you know, all the things that I love to do because I grew up in like a religious family with like an idea of like the fire and brimstone god right and um i literally just joked with somebody about this like 2 days ago that like now i think i have a i have a pretty big god today um and i think that like the god of my understanding has bigger problems than worrying about whether i say fuck or not right um but i think there was like a grieving process there for me also in that like turning my my will and my life over to the care of a higher power as i understand it means grieving my self will it means grieving the things that are not of God in my life, right? The, the, the people, places, and things, um, the, you know, I don't always know exactly what my higher powers will is. Um, but I know a lot about what it's not. Right. And I think for me, it was about like learning how to let go. Cause that stuff feels like a lot of that stuff feels good. Usually the things that like feel really good or seem like a really good idea for me are not necessarily of my higher power. Right. Um, And especially like the longer I stay clean and I I love how this primes me for the fourth step too. Right. Because like the longer I stay clean, the more sophisticated my character defects get right. They come at me looking a little sexier, like something that looks a little more attractive. Right. They don't always come at me looking like a bag of dope anymore. Um, So, you know, I kind of had to grieve that like feel good process and accept that like sometimes that that decision to turn my will in my life over means doing the difficult thing that does not feel good. Um, and I like how this like little reading piece talks about like learning how to stop struggling. S- stopping struggling should not be so hard for me, but it still really can be right. I grew up poor and ashamed and fighting and abused and traumatized to the point where like, I thought when I got here, I had spent so much time fighting that I didn't know when to stop. Right. The concept of surrender. And I love, um, you know, some of you guys shared a few weeks ago that like surrendering isn't about giving it up. It's about giving it over and joining the winning side. Like when I first got here to me, surrender was like not even a negotiable thing that I was willing to consider. Right, because I grew up fighting, and that was how I survived. Um, You know, but like the process of like finding a solution to just all of that self-will and resentment and defiance and control was like really a a major relief for me in coming into a relationship. And like I've learned something too in the fourth step and five and six and all the other steps is that like every single one of my character defects as I write about them, I can see like this state, this defect creates separation from others in NA. It creates separation from the people that I love. It creates separation from my ability to receive love and it creates separation from God. Um, and to me, like this, this step is just like the gateway to all of that. Um, so thank you guys.
0: Thanks for his comments, Lisa. Anybody else? Christine, I think we can knock out a couple more. Could Would you be willing to read the next two paragraphs?
3: Sure. The spiritual principles we are practicing will guide us, not just in the third step, but throughout our recovery. The first three steps provide us with the solid spiritual foundation we will need to work the rest of the steps. We keep our initial surrender alive by actively practicing the faith and willingness required to work the third step. In other words, we've admitted our powerlessness and inability to manage our own lives. We've come to believe now we need to surrender to the care of the God of our understanding. We may find the willingness to work the third step by remembering where we came from and believing that where we are going is certain to be quite different. Though we don't know what this difference will, be, will entail, we know that it is sure to be better than what we've had in the past. We rely on our faith and believe that the decision is one of the best decisions
9: we've ever made. Hmm. For me, the, my
3: biggest takeaway with third step was learning that in the surrendering and, you know, turning my will and my life over. I totally, that's what I saw. Turn my will and my life over. The whole make a decision, you know, that the step was about making a decision was kind of lost on me. It was, I had to turn my will and my life over to God. And the reason why the group using the group good orderly direction as the God of my understanding worked for me was because I did not feel worthy that God would give me anything if I turned my will and my life over if I made that decision I wasn't worthy I was never going to get what I wanted because I just it wasn't in the cards for me so um what I've learned in the third step, even very early on, and it has worked for me for a very long time, is I just do the footwork and I leave the outcome to God. So letting go of the struggle for me was letting go of controlling the outcome of things. So um, the walking through the fear, you know, my, my favorite phrase now is, I have severe anxiety. Um, Whenever I have had to speak at conventions or even, I mean, like I'm a nervous wreck when I'm on here with you guys. (laughs) And um, sometimes I just got to do shit scared. And I have learned in applying the third step and living it that if I can get through the first two minutes, like God, whatever it is, takes over and everything kind of goes smooth. But it's that walking through that fear of the first few minutes, you know, and sometimes you just got to do shit scared. I can't wait until I feel an ass full of willingness to get something done because it's just not going to happen. So um, we keep our initial surrender alive by actively practicing the faith and willingness required to work the third step. Um, That is the all I can do is what I can do. I don't have any control over the outcome, but I am in the care of. Like that is evident. If where shit gets fucked up is when I'm trying to control that outcome, and that's where the struggle is for me. So, um, yep, that's what I got. Thanks.
0: Hey, Christine, I really appreciate those comments, and. It- somebody has to put that on a shirt or something like, look, sometimes we just got to do shit scared like this. It's really good. It's, it, it, it's really cool. <clears throat> and folks um, in closing, I'd like to just encourage you the, the panel here. Um, there is no penalty. If you say AA, if you say Al-Anon, <laughs> if you say something like that, we don't have to always hit it with the sister fellowship, the, the Uncle Joe Fellowship, you know the step the step fellowship, <clears throat> it's cool. The comments that we probably are going to get on Facebook might say, "What the fuck?" They're all getting loaded tonight. They said sober, you know, or something like that. But you know, with comparison, I think it's all cool, man. we can lean into that. And, and folks, listen, thanks for this hour. Um, the the invitation for, like always, this week. If you if you know somebody who could benefit from a resource like this, provide it to them. Love you, folks. Thank you for spending some time with us and walking on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so and reach out to us. There's a podcast number. There's a Facebook page. um, And you probably um, have contacted one of the squad already. Continue to do so. Pour into us. Allow us to be filled up and that way we can continue to pour into you. I love you, folks.